the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Money, 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 money. Shows all about getting your retirement. It's not about money. It's about getting your retirement, but you're going to need money in retirement. I'm so, so sorry that I'm not smart enough in other areas, but I'm good at money. I can't help you with politics. I can't help you with fixing a washer and dryer, but I can tell you that washer and dryer cost money. It's part of your home, right? And there's, I'm always looking for investments. And if you take a look at portfolios of people like Warren Buffett, there's some housing stocks in there. Now, the easy one is to think of something like Home Depot. And then you look at Lowe's and Lowe's is shutting down some stores. So you're like, well, that's got to be a good thing for Home Depot. So see how I think about money? But then I go, how about who makes a washer and dryer? Or, you know, when your air conditioning goes out and you have to get someone out there to fix it, the old HVAC person, I know you're saying HVAC. I don't even know what that stands for. Right? You learn these things in life and you're going, you don't think of it as an investment until you think of it as an investment. Heating, ventilation, air conditioning, HVAC, right? And when your air conditioner goes, it ain't cheap to replace. There's some companies like Ingersoll Rand. I know you're saying, not sexy enough, but it's a housing stock. There's companies like Linux International that are ready to rally because a lot of homeowning stocks have been sold this year because interest rates moved higher. People are like, well, that's bad, but you got to have your, your heater. You got to have your air conditioner. So Ingersoll ran ticker symbol IR, Linux International LII. I like both names because your air conditioner is going to break. My patio in the backyard, the cement's starting to kind of like become a little uneven. And I, I can't entertain there because I fear someone coming over and falling and suing me. So I'm going to have to replace it at some point, right? Or I'm going to have to put the disclaimers back when people walk through my front door. That's always a fun moment where you're getting people to uh, sign disclaimers. <laughs> I know you're saying, do you really do that? No. But you get the idea. Professional athletes do it. Makes sense. Derek Jeter does it. He used to date such hot models. When, when they'd show up at his place, he'd say, got to give me your phone. He didn't, want, he didn't want pictures leaked. I know you're saying, is that true? I don't know. It's sports myth, right? Let's talk a little housing. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You do the, the, the mortgage side of it. I, I look at the investment side. You know, another company I like is Williams-Sonoma. Okay. Because what do you do when when you get someone a mortgage and they get their home or you get someone a refi? What do they do? They, they need to spend money. And you can go to Target and get a nice set of glasses, stemware, or you can go to Williams-Sonoma and get some really nice stemware. But, uh, so Williams-Sonoma is a play on housing. Yeah, we, look at, we can look at all of that when we help somebody buy a house and, and they go, oh, I want to put this much money down. I say, don't forget, you're going to get some curtains and some, you know, you got to, I mean, how much did you spend on your kitchen when you bought the, I mean, it's a lot of money lot spending of money, money on, yeah. on a kitchen and make sure you put a little bit aside there. Don't use all your money. So it is one of the biggest mistakes that, or, that people make when they buy houses. Um, you know, one, they buy the wrong house or two, they don't save enough money to, or put a, enough money aside for the other uh, expenditures of moving. You need $10,000 easily to move. Um, and set up your new house. Um, I'm just guessing, uh, depending on where you live and what you're buying. But um, yeah, Lowe's is is an interesting story. I mean, I, when I saw 51 stores closing um, around the United States, um, 
I have a, a really good friend that works at Lowe's, and he actually went to the manager. He's like, are we going to close? He's like, well, you know, our sales are usually $81,000 a week. We're doing $38,000. I mean, sorry, a day. We're doing $31,000 in receipts. Um, it's not looking that good. So Lowe's is kind of... Hey, do you, do you mean, think that's an indicator that housing is cooling? Or no. You, no? I, no. I, Wall Street kind of does. I think it's an indication that people are a little nervous with interest rates going higher. Um, a lot of the money that people were spending it, especially if you're buying like a kitchen or a bath. And I mean, it's not cheap going to, to these stores, any of the Home Depot's, Lowe's or any of these places. And I would consider those the cheaper places. Uh, it's expensive. And a lot of people were, weren't dipping in their pockets. I and mean, you see a little slowdown in the market, uh, a little fear that, you know, we're, we're peaking there. And we see a little W um, um, producing on the on the stock market. And then the um, and then equity lines are getting more expensive. Interest rates are going up. And that's where people were getting their money. And people are starting to figure out, I was like, okay, so I want to reinvest in my house. I don't want to move. I can't even afford the house that I even live in. Um, where am I going to get this money? So maybe it slows down because of that. I think there is, a, I think 2018, 2019 are going to be a shuffling period, kind of a redistribution of what people think they, they want to do, how they want to end up in housing. And interest rates will play a little bit of piece into that. And I think the availability of housing, you know, we are looking at like Seattle's taking a big hit right now. Their, their inventory jumped a hundred percent and their sales are down by 18% or something like that. And, um, you know, they took a big turn and, you know, is this going to be the year we start seeing other cities that went over valuations and, and come back down and people are seeing this and may not have that same kind of confidence going into spending thirty, forty thousand $40,000 for a kitchen and bath or more. Right. So it's interesting to note that, um, you got you to gotta put a house together, right? And it's something that we've already talked about. You said $10,000 roughly to move. Um, kitchens can easily run three, $4,000 in you know, silverware. And then you get the mat that the silverware goes on. And then you get the container. And then you get the tub that the you spoons can go, go in. You can go overboard pretty fast. And you get a cutting board that's not quite right. But yeah, you're not going to take it back because it's too long of a drive. Uh, yeah, but see where Williams Sonoma on the higher end of you know everybody wants the higher end stuff. You yeah. may end up going to Bed Bath and Beyond instead or Walmart. Um, so the spending will still be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it's just going to shift from one place to another. And and um, what's interesting about that is people are still paying off their credit card from last Christmas. So we live with debt, and what, what you're talking about is first you take a debt on a mortgage, then you take credit card debt, and you. You have to have cash or you have to have ability to service that credit card debt when you get a $10,000 you know, uh, bill. And we're still paying off Christmas, so Christmas, new house, moving. Life is expensive is what I'm getting at, I guess. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, let's say 10 years from now, that the residential loan application, when, you, when you're buying a house, does not include anything like the expenditures going into the house after you buy the house, including running up your credit card, because they can qualify you on what your current debt is. They can't say you're not going to go spend or you can't spend. You're going to do whatever you can. You have a limit. Or they may change the qualification saying, okay, if you have a limit of $10,000 on your credit card, but your balance is only $1,000, we're going to assume that you're going to spend that next $9,000 on you know, furniture, for example. Um, and they may qualify you that way. So it might not end up on the application, but they may change guidelines because there is a lot of exp- – and that doesn't include utilities – and other maintenance stuff that you go into buying a house, and they don't factor those into your your debt ratios, which I think it's just kind of I don't think it's absurd, but I think it's um, nobody talks about it. It's not in the guidelines. Guidelines. How much have guidelines changed in mortgages? A lot. A lot. Yeah, there's something called the Mortgage Accessibility Index. Um, guidelines are kind of interesting. It's who qualifies or what qualifies to be checked off as good to go. 
in the mortgage industry. And maybe my income was good to go at X versus my debt. Now it's X minus 10%. Like the guidelines always change and a good mortgage lender has to know this stuff. Yeah. And it's um, a, a, the easiest way to describe what a guideline is and how it affects your ability to get a mortgage is it's a combination of all the factors uh, boiling down to a yes or a no. Um, and those factors include things like credit, income, debt, um, the type of house you're buying, the the the, L, the loan to value, or your down payment in the house, or the equity. Um, so it, you you have to meet all of them. There is no gray area anymore. It's either yes or no, and that's the easy part of the mortgage business now. So come meet Tony Mendez. He does all my mortgages, all my loans. I don't feel like a frog in a pot that's slowly boiling with too much debt, but there's always that thought there, and it's good to have an expert to help you look at the stuff. He's going to be at the events November 17th, Saturday in San Jose, along with Chad Burton. One is on wealth preservation and income. One is on wealth accumulation. Learn more at Rob Black's show and use code radio 25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, seven to nine on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. A big event coming up in San Jose on the 21st of November. Last one for the year. You're going to start 2019 correctly by knowing how to create income in a portfolio. And it differs like golden clay. You know, we used to be able to keep money in a bank, and the interest rates were so high, you could actually earn 3 or 4% on a CD. We used to talk on this show 20 years ago about laddering CDs. In retirement, you get one for every year. You have three years of CDs, and as they expire, it's short-term money. As they expire, you just buy more. But they pay you some income, and that allows you to continue to invest the way you want it to invest. So laddered CDs were a thing, but now we don't talk about laddered CDs because interest rates are so, were so low. But we're playing with higher interest rates, and that's out there at this point in time. So I was talking a little bit earlier about the housing market and how, just how expensive life is. Anyone on the line? Nope. Oh, there it is. I can hear CFP Chad Burton breathing heavily. Mr. Burton. Yes. Mr. Black, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. So life is expensive. I was just talking about uh, potentially investing in ideas like United Technologies that makes air conditioners. Uh, not sexy, but kind of off the beaten paths, so to speak. How far do you go? In your world where you're dealing with clients and client expectations, they probably don't want something like an Ingersoll Rand or United Technologies. They probably all want Apple and Google and Facebook. Oh, I don't know. I mean, they've, we've had pretty good <laughs> results from when we bought. You remember the big industrial correction, I don't know, two years ago? Yeah, yeah. We picked up that company. Just picked up recently a company that makes water heaters. How sexy is that? But um, the results are, I mean, the facts are is like everybody has a water heater, right? Yeah. And how badly do you need to replace your water heater once it goes out? Immediately. Right. So stuff like try taking a cold shower versus a hot shower. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Hot one is much more sexy shower. And then, and then you get the 21st century, you know, companies who are like trying to put internet of things into water heaters. So your water heater could talk to your thermostat and like keep everything moving correctly. And it's kind of cool where we're going. And that's why you invest in some off the beaten path things and you buy them when you can. Anyway, it's CFP Chad Burton. You're going to meet him at the seminar in San Jose Rotary Center, November 17th. A little wealth creation, a little wealth preservation income you're doing from 930 to 1130. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. You want to talk a little bit things about planning to retire, though, right now. And that's, that's going to be kind of your focus on November 20th. November 17th in San Jose as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. For the morning event, it's all about how much do you need for retirement? How much does it cost? What are the things you're not thinking about? What about the taxes? How do you calculate that? And then how do you blend income? Because most people, when they retire, have some cash, some after-tax investments in mutual funds and stocks, and then their 401k. And if you blend that the right way, you can get six-figure income if you've saved enough and pay very little in taxes under the new tax code. So, talking about spending limits and paying taxes in retirement, spending limits I'm not so good at. Paying my taxes I'm pretty good at. Um, Do you have kind of a mental checklist of like clients that you have to watch out for? Like, uh uh-oh, they're spending a little bit too much money. I'm going to have to have a talk with them because I might be that person. Well, that's why it's so important to monitor a financial plan once you do retire, especially in the first five years, because there's two extremes. There's those that um, freeze, right? Because they don't have a lot of hobbies or charitable intent or whatever it may be. So they get to retirement and they've been diligent savers and they've watched their portfolio grow. And then they retire and they have nothing to do. So they continue to watch the portfolio and get focused and wonder and every movement affects them and they freeze and don't spend anything and they're miserable and sometimes need counseling because it's a big change in a phase of life that a lot of people have a rough transition into. Or there's those that have that everything's going to work out attitude, right? And so it's okay if I spend a little bit more. Oh, I was going to buy an RV for, you know, 50,000. I'm going to get this really nice one for 100,000, a house on wheels. Nice. And they overspend in the first 5 years of retirement. And if that's occurring at the same time as mediocre or negative stock market, you're really setting yourself up for failure. So you have to have a financial plan and then every year go back and say, how much did I spend versus what I projected? What did my portfolio do versus what I projected? And what about my overall net worth, which could include rental properties and things like that? Um, Were you able to increase rents like you expected? Those types of things. Rental properties in retirement sounds, I don't know. Sometimes rental properties cost a little more to maintain than you make an income. And it's, it is what it is, Right. Um, but it's good to know that you monitor people. I didn't, I never would have used that word that you monitor their first five years as a CFP. I like that. I like that a lot, uh, because I didn't assume that, but you have to kind of stay on top of people. What's the process right now that you have to figure out when people say, can I retire? What's your detective work like to to give me an answer? Well, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of a team approach too. So we have, when when people work with us, they have kind of this you know upfront strategy session and meeting to get things in order. But then we have advisors that specialize in implementation and then monitoring. Um, so to answer a question, when somebody says, "Can I retire? Do I have enough to retire?" Well, the first thing we have to do is really kind of go through the cash flow and find out: Does this person have a detailed list of expenses and their of what they're spending now and then what their wish list is in retirement. And if they do, then we can kind of move on, right? We can we can say, okay, what we need to add to that is your healthcare costs, your tax costs, because we have to go through and run projections on if this is how much you need, we have to pull, you know, that plus some out of your retirement accounts and pay taxes. Um, so that's your actual true withdrawal. And then we have to do a social security analysis to say when are you going to take social security? When does it make sense? Is it 67? Is it 70? Is it 62 if you're retiring early? What's that strategy? And then you have to say, okay, let's let's use a conservative rate of return. Like uh, the worst period that we went through, Rob, for a, a balanced portfolio was from October of 2007 to October of 2017 because it included the Great Recession. So a balanced portfolio, if that average during that period of time 
a little over five and about 5.4, 5.5% per year because it included the big dip. And then when now bonds are earning a low rate, if you use that plus a normal rate of inflation, will you have enough money if that scenario lasts throughout retirement? Um, and if it passes that test, then you go through and look at the actual underlying assets and you can run different scenarios and what's called Monte Carlo simulations and order of stock market returns and risk and longevity and actually get a success rate of how long your money's going to last. Good stuff. You can meet CFP Chad Burton at the event coming up. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com, hit the word events. You'll see investing beyond a 401k, which is from one to three, but he's going to be focusing primarily on the morning event, which is wealth creation and retirement planning. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com, hit events, sign up using the code radio 25. That's radio 25. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Check Chad out at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. This is L King, right? Her name L. For some reason, I, I... Ellie. Ellie. Her dad is... Friends with Adam Sandler. Her dad is a famous comedian who is hideously, hideously ugly. And I say that as a hideously ugly man. Someone just said, I'm going to look like Penn Gillette when I, in a couple years, like I'm aging like he's aging. That, that is not, that is not a compliment. Her dad's Rob Schneider. That's insane. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm neither here nor there at this point in time. I want to talk a little bit about you can earn more money in your life. That's probably the most important thing that you can you know, learn when you're 20 years old. Get a good education, get a good job. And if you don't earn enough money, consider going back and getting more education. I was just in a fight with someone about hotel workers are striking in San Francisco. And I was like, that would piss me off if I, had, I booked a honeymoon to San Francisco. And there's a bullhorn going from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. of, we want more money. We want more money. And, and I got into this like fight with basically a, a socialist. I'm like... I think there's some things in the world that should be entry-level jobs, and maybe cleaning rooms is one of them. But Marriott makes a lot of money, and they should pay more. I'm like, I'm just going to shut up because there's nowhere. This one's going nowhere. So you can earn more money. That's probably the most powerful thing I can teach you. If you make $100,000 a year, guess what you're going to make over 10 years? A million dollars. If your career is 30 years, guess how much you're going to make? $3 million. How many homes can you buy? How many million-dollar homes can you buy? Three, not really, because a million dollar home is going to have interest on it, right? So you got like you got to earn more money, or save more money, or invest, earn, save, invest. They all kind of work together. So when you get a chance to take advantage of a Black Friday, do it. Mark Cuban, he's aging, not the best. This is a segment that should be called "Aging Not the Best." Um, but he says everyone should buy everything they want to buy that year on Black Friday doesn't always work like that because when your heater goes down, you need a new heater. You can't wait till Black Friday, right? Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the things you do is help people save more money by getting lower interest rates on their mortgages. Depending on how you look at it, I could be somebody who's helping them spend money. That's right. So it's an interesting problem or dilemma. And well, your, your point is uh, if you're going to spend money, why not spend it on a Black Friday instead of the day before? Especially if you can. Especially if you can. Um but most people who are buying a house, they're not buying it because of rate. They're buying it because of necessity. 
um, a lot of speculators are gone out of the industry or out of the market. I don't want to say the industry. There's still a lot of speculators, but um, people aren't buying houses in speculation. They're buying it out of necessity. Uh, they need to, you know, they want the tax write-offs. They want a bigger house. They want a better neighborhood. They want to downsize. They want to, you know, need, need to move from here to Denver, for example, but not the, um, not because of rate. It's uh, programs drive the market rates uh, are, is the um, buying power and um, the house is necessity. One of the more interesting angles on housing that never really gets brought up is we, we, we hear about location, 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 but what about bad locations? Does anyone ever talk to you about, is this place in a flood zone? Is this place in an earthquake zone? Should I get earthquake insurance? Worst case scenarios. Some people are saying the next housing bust or the housing market that goes down big will be weather related. So people are now starting to think about that. Well, that, that happened in Florida already where some of the um, not so good neighborhoods in the hills, yeah, and not there's not a lot of hills in Florida, but up in the hills, and because there were some reports coming out saying that the rise in the water was going to affect some of these properties on the, on the waterfront. So people were bailing out of the waterfront properties going up, you know, two Damn. or three miles out. And those home prices went up, what was it, like 30, 40% like in a year, uh, just because of those reports. Yeah. People are starting to figure that out. I mean, there's a really interesting map that you can go to. It's an interactive map where you can say, okay, uh, water level rises one foot, two foot, three foot, three, four feet. And it'll show you what parts of the Bay area actually go underwater. Um, Maybe, I mean, it's still waterfront. It's, you know, it may, it'll end up like Amsterdam where they build a wall and, you know, maybe you're under sea level, but um, it'll, it'll take some time. I think people figure it out. There'll be a wall. I was just, and, I was curious I if people will ask you about it because no, not really. I saw a, a report this week, a study on coastal communities, coastal, coastal communities with the highest property values at risk due to flooding. And of course, Miami beach is number one, right? We kind of expect that Southampton, New York mm-hmm. is on the list. Ocean City, New Jersey, you don't really think about that one. I've been to Ocean City. I saw Sasquatch there. I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> he was a big, hairy dude on the beach. And, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was me. Um, but San Jose is number five on the list. And yeah. We had some flooding in San Jose a few years ago, and we know a little bit about that. But you know what else is on that list, number six? San Mateo, California. Yep. And I was a little surprised by that because guess, guess, what, county I, guess what county I live in? And I have expensive <laughs> Your real estate. Your home just went up, right? Right. And again, San Mateo also covers parts of the beach. Yeah. So that's kind of unfair. But uh, I mean, we, we have a client that just bought a place in a flood zone, but it's on a river. Okay. Or a creek. Um, and when it rains a lot, he has he's susceptible to flooding. How often do you get to look at disclosures? Because like when I All sell my time. if I sell my home, I almost want to put a disclosure like. There could be rats because I live probably, on a, I live on a creek and guess what there are rats. and because you know that you're going to put it, you have to put it on the disclosure. No, I'm not going to put it on the disclosure. I remember. Do you remember if you tell a realtor you have to? I know. I know. I know. What I'm going to do is I'm going to. You I'm pulled gonna, up some rats, didn't you? He did pull up. Wow, that's actually not rats. That's my family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty rat. Um, this is the time for family reunions. Holidays are around the corner. Oh, God. I hate All that. the rats running around grabbing food and cheese balls. And So talking about disclosures, though, do you remember? I remember coming to California. I was an East Coast guy for a while in New York and Washington, D.C. And uh, coming to California, it, it kind of changed my life. It kind of rocked my world because, like, some of the disclosures. If someone dies in your house, the realtor has to tell you about it. If someone died in it and you're buying a house that – and, like – I think there was an issue with renters and HIV and things like that. There, there was a lot of disclosures on um, 
that I guess protected the tenant or protected the mm-hmm. buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it works both ways. Disclosures yeah. can work kind of crazy. Yeah, it's important. Do you remember my house? In, in it's the most um, sued disclosure. Um, what's that? The disclosure form as given by the seller to the buyer. Oh, I should have been sued for that house that I had in Virginia. Do you remember oh, because how, of the walls? The walls. <laughs> for some reason, it wouldn't hold paint. So you'd paint it, and about three months later, it started chipping or cracking. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what to do, so I'd, I'd like I'd try to patch it. I tried to like I tried everything I could. You know, I sold it. I just I took the money and ran. I, I, I freshly painted it and I was out of there, kind of thing. Um, and I guess I, I'm a bad human being, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you were young owners, your first house, right? It, but they didn't get disclosed to me, so I guess so that's I guess that's where I'm going at. But anyway, the next housing crash could be caused by weather, something we don't really think about. Um, you know, earthquake yeah. a housing crash. You don't think of it that way, but after the 1989 earthquake in San Francisco, prices I mean, dropped and they didn't recover for seven years. Houston. Houston just got hit. I mean, hurricanes, you know, Carolinas, the Florida, um, Houston, all of these places got hit. And, and you know, I, I don't think there's going to be ghost towns. I think people will rebuild. I think insurance is going to get a lot more expensive. Yeah. Um, in places that are commonly hit. I mean, we, we're one more earthquake away from your earthquake insurance going from 4000 a year to 20000 a year, depending on the claims, depending on the earthquake. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's more expensive, and I don't think it's going to cause a bust, in my opinion. I think the place we've been around for years, uh, Rob, decades and, and centuries in these cities, and we're still going to be here. People, we figured it out. What, what I don't understand is why people still live in Tornado Alley. I mean, that's crazy. Um, the, the, you have to have a bunker in your house. Yeah, I don't understand why people live in Tornado Alley and uh, trailers. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what I don't understand. Because you know when that's the, a good the, point. You know when the hurricane or tornado comes, it's going to hit the trailer park, and trailers going to be flying. But I digress. <laughs> so, Sucker. I know, I know, I know. Um, so anyway, Tony Mendez, he's with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He'll be at the big seminar coming up in San Jose at the Rotary Center, which is a beautiful location. It's a huge room. So it's going to be a little bit weird because, you know, we'll have 60 to 200 people in a small and a huge room. So it'll look kind of small. Huge. 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 So, yeah, people don't think about that, but it's also an opportunity. So in 1989, if you bought a home the day before the earthquake, it took you seven, seven years. years to yeah. get back to full, get back to whole. But it also was a buying opportunity. You had a recession, though, in 93, so it, it, that kind of affected things as well. But That's true. So A lot of people don't talk about that part. Eh, but make, yeah, it took you a long time. But, the, but if you were to buy it two or three years afterwards, you, you, you got a little bit of extra equity leaning into the 2000s. Yeah. So I'm trying to, to write a joke in my head right now because that's what I do. So about an earthquake, I haven't really felt a good earthquake in California. You were talking about earthquake insurance. And I was like, a good earthquake would be kind of nice to get a little rumbling in my bed. I haven't had rumbling in my bed for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it needs work, but it's, it's the right place, right? It's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, it, it's too bad you can't have insurance for that. <laughs> <laughs> America. That would be a lot of money. Anyhow. It's called a prenuptial, right? I believe in post-nups. I believe in prenups. I believe in state plans. I believe in uh, writing things down. So for sure. Anyhow, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He'll be at the event on the 17th of November in San Jose. You can run some scenarios by him. He can help you with your mortgage. He helps me with my mortgages. He helps me with scenarios, with cash flow. Like I said, you only earn $100,000 a year. You're only going to make $3 million in 30 years. 
Uh, housing is a big, big decision. You need someone who's got a big, big brain. And that's Tony. You can find him at Bay Area Loan Source. Meet him at the Rotary Center in San Jose. There's going to be two events. Chad's handling the first one on retirement. I'm handling the second one on wealth accumulation. You can sign up for both at robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. And sometimes I, I, I veer off the financial topics like last night, a mass shooting at a country and Western bar. And it's, it's surreal because it's getting closer and closer to home. Uh, 50 to 60 people were at the Las Vegas route 91 shooting. We're at the bar and they were hanging a flag last night to be involved in two mass shootings. Just so insane. But then like my, my radio producer, Mike, he said uh, that he's been in that bar before because he used to work in country and Western music down in LA. And uh, that's pretty close, right? Sometimes you're like, Oh, that's just a nightclub in Florida. I've never been to Florida. I've never been to a nightclub. And you don't associate it, but now you're starting to associate it. So DR Horton reported strong earnings. They see signs of moderating demand. A home builder, a luxury home builder. They're a big company. So you remember EF Hutton? When when we talk, people listen or something like that. Um, the housing market's telling us something. The housing stocks are down. The home builders are, are struggling. The sales numbers for new and existing homes are, are, are slowing People have to hang on to their homes, though, too. So, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's a weird world. I mean, the way we, you and I approached real estate when we were in our 20s is totally different than it is now as we're starting to push towards 50. Um, what's worthy of note about that is sometimes you got to go with the change and go with the flow. It's, I never thought I could be able to afford the home that I'm in now. But I always thought on the East Coast I could afford any home I wanted. It's pretty weird, right? Yeah, and, and not only that, we all learned a big lesson back in 2005, six, seven leading to the, you know, the great recession. And, um, you know, a lesson that not a lot of us learned, we, we saw higher interest rates, but we also saw home prices in the eighties, like hundred, my, my dad's house who ended up selling it for 750,000. He bought it for $89,000, but yeah. he bought it in an interest rate of like 18%. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was quite that high, but it got there. And um, so we didn't learn those types of lessons that real estate can, the price can go up and down. We always thought prices would be, you know, move relatively slowly. And that the interest rate, the price of the, the, the cost of buying that home would be more tied towards the interest rate, where now we could see huge. I mean, California, you look at a million dollar home, you use 10%, that's $100,000. In any other part of the state, that's a, a yearly salary or two years of salary. Um, so there's big, huge swings now, and and I think we've learned some lessons. That, fortunately, from my side of the, you know, the, on the financing side, we look at, you know, you talked about guidelines earlier and how hard it's to get get a loan. We have that kind of safety net this time as we didn't last time. Whereas the people who own homes and are getting homes today, or, or have refinanced homes that kept them throughout the recession, have them through the hardest guidelines out there. So I don't fear that type of crash because of that. Um, I don't know if I, I straight off your point, but yeah, we do look at things differently, but we learned a really big lesson. So did the, so did the, the fed. Yeah. So did the, the governing you remember, bodies. You remember Barney Frank? Of course. I, I, I disliked him not for his politics, but for his, every, every person should be able to afford a home. He pushed home affordability hardcore. And he told the mortgage law industry, you Dude. give, you give people who don't deserve credit yeah. a lot of money. And guess what? They didn't deserve credit. Yeah. And that's part of the reason there was a house crash. There was a lot more to it where banks were buying mortgages and packaging them together. But it was the people who didn't deserve to buy a house who were buying houses. I don't know if you want to say deserve. I think qualify would be a better word. No, that's a better word. Um, you and your political correctness. 
<laughs> I just want to say, you know, I think everybody deserves to have Let a great place cake, to live. Let them eat cake, I but, say. Behave um, yourself. I think everybody should have... What, what that did is... it. it it, that that era of just loose money didn't lead people to go. Oh, I need to really save. I need to save. I need to save. Yeah. And they all they just put it into a house as opposed to having tight guidelines today, where people say, "I need to save that ten twenty percent down. I need to have a good job. I need to have a good credit score." And they're actually back on a normal. It's probably path. interesting. I dislike Barney Frank. You probably liked him. Because there was more loans going through that shouldn't have been going through, but there's still more loans and realtors probably like them because there's still more transactions. You know, I got into business a little bit late when it comes to, you know, that era, the era, the big era for brokers. And there's still, there's not as many around as there are today. Um, I'm sorry, the other way around, there's way more than there were today that took advantage. It was like 99 to 2007. All right. That's when the heyday for brokers, I was, I mean, talking to everybody from executive account executives to brokers to loan agents. Yeah. I was making three or $400,000 a year realtors because it was so many transactions yeah. and it, you know, and, and, and I kind of want more transactions. I don't want to see a crash for it, but I'd like to see us get back to more normal and looking at some of the numbers you see like DR Horton and that they're pulling back. Um, uh, and this is happening everywhere. So you're talking about Lowe's closing stores. These are kind of signs that we were paying attention to where you can go, okay, um, there's not going to be a lot of transactions. What What is a realtor? I don't understand how realtors are making. We have where I live. There's a probably fifteen to twenty homes sell a month. Yeah, and we have a hundred realtors. Right, and you do the math, and you have to expect one or two of them to sell more than one a month. Are you Are you I, saying realtors are like cockroaches? <laughs> I'm not, if you see one, you've got a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I can't say that anymore. <laughs> Cockroacha. Um, no, not at all. Are um, you are you disrespecting Spanish people because you just said it like that? No, I'm not at all. Cockroacha? Can't you just say cockroach? I can say cockroach. I don't know. I was thinking of some. You know why I'll never live in South? You know why I'll never live in South Carolina? Because I once went to South Carolina, <laughs> and a flying cockroach flew up to my face, and I thought it was a bird. It's the state bird of South Carolina, the flying cockroach. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> Need a loan? Call Tony Mendez. He'll get loans for you. Call Rob. <laughs> oh, I hate. Oh, do you remember East Coast? I love that about California. Insects aren't as prevalent as they are on the East Coast. Do you remember spraying for oh, cockroaches yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. Were we just dirty and filthy when we were twenty years old? No, it's just hot and wet. Got it. So if you need a mortgage, you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource dot com. It's BayAreaLoanSource dot com. Need a refi? The golden age of refining is not over. The rates are still pretty low. They're just not historically low. You can meet Tony at the big November 17th event in San Jose. It's a Saturday event. There's two events. CFP Chad Burton in the morning talking about wealth preservation. I'll talk a little wealth accumulation business ideas in the afternoon. You can learn more about this event. Uh, November 17th, San Jose, Saturday. Saturday at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.